Ladies and gentlemen, rubes and glass holes, Infinite Jest and the Flying Scotsman is proud to present Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. Put your hands together for the Dollop Live! Fuck you guys. Um, you guys, we flew here today from a, a city called Adelaide. It's weird. You guys just all did that at once? Like, like you just came up with that together? I'll say, I think it's very catchy. Um, what else do we want to, what do we, oh, oh, yeah. right. Uh, after this show, there's a free stand-up show. I'm going to do some stand-up at the end of that show. So that's right after this, if you guys want to go to that. Yeah, and there's a lot of your local, uh, Perthians? Yes. Perthian, and I'm not going to say that. Perthian, <laughs> you guys have to be coming up with something better right now, yeah. right? Uh... Chicken fuckers? I like it way better. It's already way better. What was that? Chicken fuckers over personalities. Chicken fuckers? Mm -hmm. You know, actually, now that we talk about it, what? (laughs) Cox and Cox? Is that what? I'm not. Sandgropers. You guys have really quit on trying to give yourselves some sort of identifying uh, name. You just stopped trying at some point. I mean, you quit. Are you hearing what you're saying? Oh, by the way, great, uh, great story on the news yesterday. They were like, and a building was shot at. And I was like, seriously? A building was shot at? Good God, people, get your shit together. We have, a, we have 14,000 killings a night. Ugh. December 14th, 1941! 1931? 41. 41. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're in it. Oh. Fuck yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, I would like to thank uh, Jez and Ben for putting this on tonight. Yes. They uh, help us out. Oh, Very nice of them. Um, if anybody wants to blow them, they will accept that. And then this... <laughs> I feel like that was Ben. That was Ben. And I would like to thank uh, Gareth for helping put this together. Not you, another guy, another uh, Gareth. Yeah. Help me with this information. Well. The other guy? Gary. Yeah. I'm not going to fight on his behalf. <laughs> Reg Spears was born in Adelaide. Do you guys hate Adelaide? Yes. Is there a city you don't hate? Because uh, it's weird how you guys are like a fucking Athens and Sparta. Just everybody hates each other in Australia. Why don't you just all break up and be different cities and be like, fuck that city. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I never experienced anything like it. You just go to a city and like, fuck Sydney. You're like, yeah. what, is, what is happening? You tell them the next place you're going. And they're like, oh, fuck that place. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> you're going to Darwin? Good fucking luck. <laughs> Hold on your asshole. What? <laughs> And then you're confused because you're like, well, the last place said you were horseshit, so... Yeah, everyone's like, you going to Perth? Good fucking luck. They do say that, though. <laughs> they are probably fucking Victorians. <laughs> yeah. Victorians don't seem to like anybody, I've noticed. Sure, I'd haven't noticed that. 
Because I don't really know who they are. That's where um, Melbourne is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Reg Spears was born in Adelaide. Young Reg grew up to be over two meters tall. Right. I don't know how tall that is. But it seems pretty large. Uh, he was strongly built. He was a handsome guy with blonde hair and rugged looks. Yeah. 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 You like that shit? Give me some of that. Fuck yeah. Yeah. He took up javelin. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Whoo. Mmm, steamy. Yeah. Shit was hot. Yeah. And he became the leading, one of the leading javelin throwers in Australia. Whoa. Is that hard? Man. I assume there's like 30 guys who are like, oh... Yeah, I'll Let's throw get some that. of that sweet javelin pussy. <laughs> yeah, his last name was Spears. Yeah, you put it together. <laughs> Took a couple sentences, but you, you're, you're on the top of it. Uh, he became one of the yeah, leading javelin throwers in Australia while still a teenager, placing third in the 1961 Australian Track and Field Championships. And in second in 1962. So he's See, a fucking comer. Yeah, but here's the problem right off the bat, is that we're talking about a guy who's second and third. So it feels like this is not going to be the story of an amazing javelin thrower. This whole story is about a guy who succeeds. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, I, no don't tell me to stop. You stop, because he's a, you are a liar. It's about a guy who succeeds at javelin No, he throwing. doesn't. No way. He's the Hugh Glass of javelin throwing. No. <laughs> I mean, that's not good. His results led to qualification for the 1962 Commonwealth Games in Perth, Australia. Yeah. Chicken fuckers. Where he came in fifth. Uh, see? Not good. He's getting worse. Yep. With a best throw of 69.70 meters. Spears continued to compete, but his performances during the Australian summer of 1963-64 were not enough to get him into the 1964 Australian Olympic team. Okay. So, so. Who, does he, who does he hurt and why? <laughs> so, Spears, at age, at age 22, traveled to England in early 1964, hoping to perform better and qualify for the Olympics during the English summer. <laughs> okay. So here's a guy who's like, yeah. well, I, I didn't. I came in fifth. Yep. So I'm going to buy a ticket. Sure. And I'm going to go over to England. Right. Which is a little ways away. Yeah. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove myself. Hey, look, perfect plan. What could go wrong? Yeah, nothing could go wrong. Thank nope. you. Nope. Why does he go there again? Just because he's like, they are the best. I know. I think that's probably where the, uh, the team was and that he wanted to train with them or, you know, prove he was better than the guys that already beat him. Okay. Anyway, he could qualify there. So that's where he went. All right. I don't know why you're all up his dick. Ah. Guy made a choice. Listen. <laughs> go ahead. You okay? Yeah, I mean, I take issue with up in his dick if you really want to circle back on it. <laughs> if you really want to pick at it, that's the issue. Well, are you, are, I was just a, a turn of phrase. I was ready to move on. Let's remember that. Man, Perth has turned you into a dick. Uh, he doesn't like to be around mines. That's all I got. 
That's all I know about you. You're too selfish. After arriving in England, Spears stayed with British javelin thrower John McSorley. You want to be in on a conversation between two javelin throwers. Oh, that is, a fly yes. on the wall in that room? Yep. Oh, get a pad and a pen. Just see how far through that one. Yeah. At least McSorley, so I figured. Where are they? Oh, okay. Do what? My... <laughs> They're waiting for an accent. They're waiting for an accent. He, he put do McSorley. Well, we'll get to him. It sounds like they're roomies, sir. What? I need I need you to be patient with me. I will, I will get there. I'm understand. I'm I'm absorbing. You know, or became, my version of it. When it became clear that Spears would not make the Tokyo Olympic Games, so it's in Tokyo. So I don't know what he's doing in England either. Uh, so it becomes clear he's not going to make it, and now he's broke, and he have, has spent all his money on this trip to England. Okay, so he's fucked. He's a, he's, yeah. He made I'm, choices. Yeah, and I'm sure his parents were like, look, you don't want to go that right. You know, you, why don't you just become an accountant like your father? I like to throw. No, there's not a future in throwing. Everybody's trying to throw. <laughs> I've just always wanted to throw a long thing that's wobbly. <laughs> Mommy. Are you still here? I thought yeah. you left. I what? thought we had this conversation. I'd walked out of the room. <laughs> the hell? Spears set his mind to raising enough money to fly back to Australia and got a job at Heathrow Airport Cargo oh boy. to earn some cash. Oh, boy. Right what? there. Not good. <laughs> not good. That is not... No, that's a desperate man in a place where he can, you know, do some crazy shit. I think I see bad things for him. Yep. I see some trickery. But his plans changed when his wallet containing all his savings was stolen. So he had his, all of his money on him? At... Yeah, that's how you did it back then. Uh, Seems like a bad no, call. There were no banks until the 70s. Is that right? Yep, you Is carried all your checks? money in your wallet. You sure? Hey, where are your savings? In me pocket. <laughs> right down there in my pocket. So, Spears desperately wanted to get back to Adelaide, but now had no money. Reg particularly wanted to return home to Australia because his daughter Joanne's birthday was coming up. Jesus Christ. All right, well, he didn't plan properly. Well, it's, it's going to be Joanne's first birthday. She's just a baby. Oh, fuck, it doesn't matter, really. I think, I, I, look, I've always said this. The best dad, when you're an infant, goes off to England uh, to uh, try to become a javelin thrower for a different country. Yeah. Well, he was thinking about the future. I mean, you know, there's a lot of money right. in throwing a right. long pole. No, if you're a good far. javelin thrower, you can, you can become... Uh, well, we all remember the story of... Um... <laughs> Phil? The guy... Is there a guy who... Sorry, I'm thinking of Richard Branson. But, um... Yeah, okay. No, I guess there's no reason to do what he's doing, huh? Interesting. Okay. Proceed. Plus, he was worried about what his wife might be getting up to while he was away. <laughs> so he's thinking that his daughter's turning one and his wife is banging people. Yeah. So he's going to try and get back. Yeah, because he's worried someone is throwing the javelin on the wife a little bit. <laughs> yep. So, one night in the Crown Pub in Twickenham in October <laughs> you gotta go to Twinkenham that's uh, for the home of the Twinkie and it is mm. Mm. Mm, in like October 1964 Spears sat down with McSorley and came up with the details of a plan 
to post himself to London to from no, London to no, Perth. No. No. What? What? It's just a gentleman who's going to mail himself home. What's the big deal? He would be better off trying to throw himself. <laughs> well, he's going to mail himself? Yes. He learned some stuff. It's time the- to start hanging out with other javelin throwers only because these are not good spitball sessions. He learned, he learned some stuff in cargo at Heathrow. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no way he... All right, well, you know, yeah, you're right. Let's get to when he fucking puts himself in a box. <laughs> Spears worked in the cargo shipping section of Heathrow Airport. He'd seen animals come through that way and figured, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. Interesting, interesting decision. <laughs> Working in cargo had also given him inside knowledge about how cargo was handled. The maximum size of a crate that could be sent by air freight, as well as what could be shipped without drawing undue notice from customs officials. Is one of those things a human body? (laughs) Reg persuaded his friend John McSorley, who had excelled at high school woodshop. That explains a lot of how this plan is going on. Well, I'll tell you, as your close personal friend, this is the best idea I've ever heard in my life. I could build a crate. You get me a router, and I'll make little holes, and we can put the screws in. Right, yeah, perfect. Just like a dog. Just like a doggy with his own special box. Now, remember, if anyone kicks it, you go, or, 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 or. That's the plan. Right. Don't think we'll need anything more than that, Literally. So McSorley would build the box in which he would send himself home. I mean, I I can't believe Uh, they couldn't find a fucking box. They were like, it can't be that hard to get a crate. Well, it's got to be a pretty special box to put a fella in it. Sure, yeah. Of course, I agree with that. It is a crazy fucking thing they're doing, yes. He told me, uh, this is McSorley, he told me it had to be five feet by three feet by two and a half feet. Also, one meter by uh, 0.9 meters by 0.75 meters for those of you who live in the rest of the world. You'll come around. We're waiting. <laughs> I knew Reg, and I thought, he's going to do it regardless, so if, if he's going to do it, I better make him a box that at least is going to get him there. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. Good buddies. Uh, that's a hard goodbye. you got to nail like your a buddy in a, a box. crate. Good luck. Look, man, get there safe. I'm going to nail this crate shut now. I'm going to nail this shut now. Oh, hope nothing weird happens. Yeah. He'll be I fine. I don't know what could. You're in no, a box on a plane. A, you're a human man in a crate. He'll be fine. The largest box they were allowed to send measured, measured right, five feet by two feet. Uh, built to Spears' specifications, the crate allowed him to sit up straight-legged or lie on his back with his knees bent. McSorley... Hmm. <laughs> left thin gaps between joints to allow for ventilation and for Reg to see through. Oh, my God. It just sounds like torture. How long is that flight? That flight's what, like... Oh, it's long. It's a long flight. Baby steps, baby steps. It's a long flight. (laughs) Baby steps. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's like when you get delayed... Yeah, I do. 
Unbelievable. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> Fucking great. Your flight's canceled. Ruff, 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 The two ends of the crate were held in place by wooden latches, which could be turned from the inside so Spears could let himself out of either end in case one end was blocked. The sides of the box were fitted with rubber loops, two for his uh, hands and one to tie around his waist so Reg could hold himself steady as the crate was loaded and unloaded. Oh, my God. And, because he's not an idiot... No, 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 no. The man who's living inside the crate is not an idiot. Right. He marked it fragile. I think we all owe him a bit of an apology at this point, gang. That is unbelievable. He also marked it this way up. Well, you know how... De- we've all, you've all seen the baggage handlers. Very delicate. Oh, no. They follow all the rules. Very delicate. Fragile. Yeah. Please don't bend. Well, they they follow a, it all. They have a code. And if one sees another guy not putting it this way up, he's like, yeah. Marty! Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking respected group of workmen. It's this way up or we're all fucked. We are Irish Airlines for some reason. <laughs> well, I've got one accent that I do well. Right. Uh, I, we're in Australia, probably, but we're just a couple of Irish baggage handlers what? who are, 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 are telling you the exact point. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, thank you thank sir. You. No, thank you. Thank you. You fucking... Fuck you dirty Fuck cunt. you. <laughs> you fucking orange man. Uh, oh, that got... Huh? That's, that's okay. Wrong. That got weird. That that's got, right. I turned into a... I mean, it's weird The Irish now. have never done that. To avoid any suspicion that a person was inside, the crate... They wrote, not a person on the box. (laughs) It's as airtight as the crate. Reggie is not inside. Yeah. Not Reggie. Probably dog. Very doggish in here. Uh, The crate was labeled as plastic emulsion. Sent from a fake British chemical company to a fake Supreme, sh- to the fake Supreme shoe company in Perth. Supreme shoe. So, so wait, they invented a shoe company to send it to. Yeah, they made a. And fake- they called it Supreme Shoe. <laughs> yep. That's kind of fun in a way too, because you know they didn't go with the first thing. So it was like, what about cheap shoes? It's like, no, no, not cheap shoes. Got to be fucking classy if they're going to be careful with it. Yeah, it's got to be a whole crate of shoes. It's not like you put, if, you, if you're sending a crate of shoes from London, you're not going to put shitty shoes Supreme in there. Supreme shoes. What the fuck? Wow. I've seen a rainbow just now. <laughs> it came out of your mouth. Well, in the shape of a great idea. What, should probably get to work to go throw baggage again. Oh, fuck. This way up, right, mate? <laughs> yes. This way up. Here we go, Pally. Okay, so the, the plan is good and sound, right. and everyone shoe feels company, good. Fake shoe company. Yeah. Although the cost of sending such a large and heavy cargo cost 100 pounds, more than a passenger seat... Wait, wait, now, stop. Stop. 
you're not going to have the answer to this question. But how is that fucking possible? Because you can't send a passenger cash on delivery, but you can send a package cash on delivery. Yeah, girl. What's up? So it was free. Well. Sorry, when they get to Supreme Shoe Company, they'll be like, hi, wait a second. But don't you see a problem where they try to deliver it to Supreme Shoe Company and there's no Supreme Shoe Company to make the, take the delivery and give do them I, cash? Do I see a problem? <laughs> All I see is problems. <laughs> I, I mean, the idea of even getting there is, uh, I can't imagine. Oh, it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he sending himself cash on delivery. You can't do that, uh, obviously, with a person on an airplane. No. But you can in a box. So a, a Mr. Graham was listed as the cash on delivery recipient, but the plan was that no one would ever collect the money, meaning the trip would be free. So he just had to get onto Australian soil, and then he'd break out of his box and run for it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all right. You're right. There is a good ending. Yeah. He'll be fine. Uh... This is why you don't go into javelining. Javelining? Uh, so Reg booked himself as a package on an Air India flight to Perth. I mean, the- that already is kind of a weird call, too, right? Like, wouldn't you yeah. just go with, like, a more basic, like, go-to-England airline? I mean, that's an interesting idea. It just... Okay. I, don't- I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter. You could fly, you could crate yourself on any airline because you're not True. paying for it. True. So, you know, get your fucking self something nice, you know? <laughs> fucking get on the Concorde. That's not a bad idea. Thank you. <laughs> so, the Air India flight uh, to Perth would be via Paris, Bombay, and Singapore. What is happening? <laughs> well, honestly, you, do you have a reason for why it is that? Why, that? why go everywhere? He's like, well, I. I have always wanted to just see the sights. I'm just so excited to get out there. I'm in India looking out of a box. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the limited range of the Boeing 707 used in those days meant a bunch of stopovers were necessary. This plan is great. (laughs) The fastest flight from the UK to Australia was about 35 hours. Oh, fuck. What? In a crate? (laughs) Yeah. By the 1960s, the cargo holds of many commercial airliners were pressurized and heated to protect goods being shipped. Finding this out, Spears was sure he would be able to breathe and would not freeze to death. Okay, well, that right there, obviously he's not going to be able to breathe and he's going to be freezing. Spears is very smart. He's He's going to be very fucking cold. He's got it worked out. Uh. Spears didn't eat for a week in preparation for his journey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because not a person in this room thought, where's he going to be shitting? And now you are thinking that, and it's a fucking horrible thought. I, I don't like either version of it, but nothing? No food? Well, well he... Yeah, I mean, well, he's going to bring food with him, but he didn't eat any food for a week. He's going to bring food with him? Yeah, he's going to eat in the box. Uh, but the food, not eating for a week slows down your body functions, so it helps. Uh-huh. it's going to help in the box. Yeah, yep, you're right. Starving yourself for a like, week and then putting yourself in a crate on a plane is good. Oh, I've never seen David Blaine. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But David Blaine should do this. Uh, 
What? Boom Boom? Somebody make a call back to a podcast that's not boom? out yet. But it's not out yet. Oh, it is. Oh, out. it is out. Yeah. Okay. Jesus boom, boom. Christ! You guys Everybody settle the fuck down. It's like it was like your birds. It's out. It's out. It's out. It's out. It's out. Uh, so Spears packed a small bag with essential belongings: uh-huh. a towel, a flashlight, uh-huh. a bottle of juice, uh-huh. an identical bottle to piss in. <laughs> Well, all right. Obviously, he's going to drink his piss. I mean, but I like the bottle for piss. I think that's a good idea. Uh, two tins of spaghetti. Well, I mean, the diet is a strange call. Spaghetti. One of, one of which had a spoon and a tin opener attached by an elastic band. Okay. A, pa- a packet of biscuits. Uh-huh. A bar of chocolate, because who doesn't want a treat? Yeah. <laughs> and a tube of fruit gums. <laughs> so he had a sweet tooth. Yeah. Yeah, you know, for that late night snacking. Yeah. Uh, he also packed another bag with his passport. His passport? <laughs> Why the fuck his passport? You know. <laughs> you have anything to declare? <laughs> Spaghetti. Passport. Uh, Insane. Uh, passport, a pair of jeans, his Australian team tracksuit. Can't leave that. Short- his javelin. <laughs> Shorts, two T-shirts, underpants, socks, his suit. His suit. Got to look good when you come out of the crate. Hey, it's called Supreme Shoes. <laughs> Got to look the part. Smart shoes, his javelin boots. I mean, this guy really brought a lot of shoes. Uh, table mats with pictures of beef eaters that he'd brought for his mother. Uh, he, is so, a su- he is a sweetie. You got to say that. He's bringing gifts. And when you're bringing gifts in your crate. At 3 o'clock on the afternoon of the 17th of October, uh, 1964, 20-year-old Reg tied his large bag to a wall of the box and got inside. As Reg would later say, I just got in the thing and went. What was there to be frightened of? Oh, my God. Your plan. Your own plan. (laughs) Everything. Uh, I'm not frightened of the dark, so I just sat there. It's like when I travel now. If I go overseas, there's there's the seat. Sit in it and go. Same thing as a box, bro. Highly different. Highly different. Just like, if you fly an airplane, it's so different than being in a box. No, very different. For 35 hours. As a matter of fact, I think this story is going to help me fly a lot more and be like very appreciative of the flying experience. McSorley and another friend, so there's another guy that knows this is happening. There's oh, cool. two yeah, guys who are people. like, this is a good idea. Yeah, two of your best friends. McSorley and another friend drove him to the freight terminal at Heathrow Airport and checked in the freight. Naturally, Reg's flight was immediately delayed. Of course. <laughs> It's going to, I mean, uh, tell the next morning due to fog. No. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's not starting well. Can't, uh, Ah, fuck, I can't just, I can't believe there's fog in England. Yeah, that is. Who would have thought? Yeah. And you have no, you can't say anything. There's no, no one to talk to. You're just like, they're just like, yeah, yeah, well, probably won't be able to go off until tomorrow at this point. We'll find out. And you're just in a crate like. Yeah. Also, they don't make, uh, they don't make uh, delay announcements to the cargo. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, 
Jesus Christ. The mental strength. Oh, you got to be a javelin thrower to pull this off. Uh, Okay. So he was taken to a warehouse and forklifted. He was taken to a warehouse. And forklifted. And forklifted. Onto the top of the pile of freight three to four meters above the ground. How was he planning on getting out? Well, Does he have a plan to get he's out? He's already cramped. Yeah, of course he is. he's going to be very he's going to be very cramped. <laughs> he's not hydrated. He hasn't been eating and his life is in a crate. Red tried to stay in the warehouse overnight sleeping in fits. Apparently it's hard to sleep in a box. Man, with his box 3 feet high by 2 and a half feet wide and 5 feet long, he could either sit with his straight legs or lie down with them bent. At one point in the night, he panicked when he thought the warehouse was on fire. (laughs) I don't even mean to laugh, but man, again, you have to be quiet. Just be like... (laughs) But then he realized it was just fog, not smoke. Coming coming under the door. Like, now he's in some weird Vincent Price movie. Yeah, 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 seriously. I don't know what's going on in London. It's going to be thriller all of a sudden. Fog under the door shit is crazy. The next morning, Reg was loaded onto the 707 for the first leg of the journey to Paris. (laughs) Reg took this moment to get out of the box and stretch his legs. Uh, okay. He ate a can of spaghetti, Mm. but then felt the need to take a leak. He peed in his pee bottle... But just as he did, he felt the plane descending. He panicked. Reg quickly got back into the box, realizing too late that he had left his bottle of pee on top of the box. (laughs) He's got to go get that piss. This is the tense part in the movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. The guy's (laughs) talking about it? Of course, being French, the baggage handlers in Paris thought the can's unsavory contents had been left for them as a prank by their counterparts in London. Can you believe Claude? This has Claude written all over it. Son of a bitch. He's a man who, I tell you what, we do, we piss in bottle, we leave it for him. Ah, we will shit in the bottle. He's just always escalating the job. How about the box of merde? Yeah. (laughs) Easy, Jean, easy. They were saying some terrible things about the English, said Reg. (laughs) But that's just standard French. Yeah. It's not like anything. It's not because of the piss. That's just a day at work. But for him, that is just like going to see Mad Max. He's like, this is the most entertaining thing in the world. Hearing two people talk about something interesting. I've been living crate life. Hashtag crate crate life. life. Yeah. Uh, They didn't connect the bottle and its contents with the box on which the pee maker was sitting. So, So for some reason, these French guys didn't find a bottle of piss and think, hey, there's a guy in this box. He actually was worried about that. Like they were Be careful put... with it. It's just fragile. On the way from Paris to Bombay, Reggie uh, four squares of chocolate and finished the first tin of spaghetti. Uh, Looking uh, up. Uh, Being able to move about the cargo hold helped. He exercised by running through the maze of boxes and doing push-ups and sit-ups. <laughs> He's making a fucking thing of it. Now he's on like a cruise. That is amazing to be running little mini laps in there. Uh, he now needed, needed to pee again, but he had no pee bottle. So he oh used boy. the spaghetti can, uh. securing it afterwards with one of his mom's table mats and the elastic band. 
Oh, Jesus. I mean, you have, like, few things to remember. Bring your piss bottle back. Right. Don't leave your piss bottle out. Because now look at what you're doing with the mats. Right. You're going to have to give these to her still. Um, he slept lying in his box. Landing in Bombay, Reg was precarious, precariously balancing uh, the urine-filled spaghetti can between his thighs. Wait, do you mean his dick? No, it's, there's a, you can put other things in this area oh, here. okay. I Endless. thought that was a euphemism. Uh, so he's, he's holding it so it doesn't spill, but the, the Indian baggage handlers, who maybe, <laughs> here's something, maybe they didn't read English, or maybe they just didn't give a shit, but either way, they unloaded the aircraft and upended the crate as they placed it on the tarmac. <laughs> uh, I mean, remember when piss was your biggest issue? <laughs> <laughs> Reg was now dangling upside down, strapped in. The baggage handlers then went on their lunch break. Oh my god! Reg was unable un, was Reg was able to unhook himself from his straps and sit upright in the box. But not hanging was the least of his worries. The box was now sitting on the tarmac at the Bombay airport in the midday sun. No! Oh my! Oh, here's god. something we didn't think of. Hot box. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. The box quickly turned into a sauna. Ah. Before long, he was forced to strip off all of his sweat-drenched clothes. So he's now naked in the crate. Yeah. Yeah, now it's like a World War II movie. Yeah. (laughs) Just, I mean, imagine it's the best. You can't say anything. After two hours, Reg was close to dehydration and was contemplating turning himself in. From what? Living in in the crate sun? (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, it's hard to sit in the crate sun. In a sauna when the only thing you have to drink is a little bit of juice and maybe your piss in a spaghetti can? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's not easy. Yeah. Uh, So he's thinking about turning himself in. He knew that the press would have a field day if a mysterious naked man emerged from a wooden box. (laughs) Well, you can put your fucking clothes back on. I mean, if you're going to get out, like, have the decency to get dressed again. Oh, no, I think you fucking break out of the just, box yeah. and just run then across you the tarmac the he- Then you want like, the headlines. Ah, yeah. And you drink the spaghetti piss. Yeah, but that's what... Remember was- me forever! <laughs> oh, spaghetti piss. Yeah. Uh, so, um... Press... Um, but uh, relief finally came when a vehicle arrived to move his box, driving him out of the sunlight and onto the aircraft. Relief is such a great word for where he's at. Relief is now leaving the sun with your crate. <laughs> That's like, oh, thank God. What a relief, it's I not, thought. I mean, finally, I can just be in the crate on a plane again. <laughs> God, this is heaven. This is just... So excited to be able to go run laps around other crates on a plane again. The next stop would be Singapore. In England, it was 7 a.m. on the 19th of October. Reg had been in the box now for 40 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. I mean... I still think it's a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) I stand by it. I stand by it. It's a good... I mean... (laughs) Between Bombay and Singapore, the flight experienced heavy turbulence. (laughs) Reg got out of the box and discovered boxes and parcels flying across the baggage hold. 
Oh, man. He heard the captain read. My brothers! <laughs> I will save you, Brother Crate! We are all fragile in the eyes of me. <laughs> he heard the captain reassuring the passengers above him that everything would be okay. The plane landed in Singapore. Reg was now completely exhausted, irritated, and dirty, and his mind started to drift. <laughs> uh, I wonder to what. Singapore to Perth was a bit of a blur. His juice had run out. He un- <laughs> He's already out of juice? He's out of juice. Well, he had to, he's thirsty after sitting on the tarmac. I understand that. why he's out of juice, but Jesus, that's not good. They he, don't come down there with the beverage cart. <laughs> Orange juice. He unenthusiastically finished his last tin of spaghetti. He's fucked. He's out of spaghetti and juice. Never thought I'd say anything like that in my life. He fell asleep with his legs poking out of the box. Now he's just lazy. Are you in the box or are you out of the box? Pick, motherfucker. He longed to break free from his claustrophobic, self-inflicted nightmare. Landing in Perth, the baggage handler's Aussie accents... Aussie? Yeah, sorry. Sounded like heaven. The accents... How... The... I don't know if anyone said that before. Yeah. The accents, how could you miss? I'm on the soil, amazing, wonderful, I made it, Reg said. He had climbed into the box 63 hours ago. Five days. Five fucking days in a crate. Traveled uh, 21,000 kilometers. He was unloaded into a freight shed. Into a freight shed? Yeah, like a shed for freight. Reg got out of the box as soon as he heard the warehouse door shut and locked it and, and locked with a chain and padlock. So they blocked him in. Okay. Thirsty, and this being Australia, he found cartons of beer. <laughs> just hanging around there? There's yeah, just I mean, beer? It, it, there's a law in Australia. If there's a building, there has to be beer in it. Yeah. That is kind of the best of both worlds. I mean, if you're just like, fuck it, I don't... I mean, he hasn't eaten. Either. I mean, he's just oh. got a little bit of spaghetti. Yeah. A can of beer. He's just like, let me tell you what a crazy... This is the best thing he could possibly be inside of. Here you are. You ain't spaghetti inside of your crate. You get what it is for a piss in your spaghetti can. Put your mother's placement onto it. it. <laughs> And if I was that talking at the beginning of this, anyway, I forgot his name. <laughs> so he slammed a beer. Slammed is not what you need to do. I mean, after his victory sip, Reg looked around and found some tools. He then cut his way out of the shed. Careful to replace the padlock so it didn't look like it had been cut. And he walked away. Still naked. No, he had clothes. He put his clothes back. He had the suit, remember? Oh, that's right, the suit. Uh, Spears. Reg Spears. I'll have a crate shaken. Not handled properly. Uh, He walked away, leaving an unpaid cash-on-delivery cargo bill of 1,000 pounds. So he's just... Committed a crime, thousand right. pounds. 
He snuck along a series of warehouses toward the airport terminal. He then blended in with a group of passengers disembarking from a plane that had just touched down. <laughs> That's Look, great. I've been here the whole time. And it's the, the, like the first thing he said in five days, he's going to sound crazy. Just, uh, what a flight, huh? Uh, Holy fuck, that felt long. Yeah. <laughs> He's still barking. Roar, roar. I mean, oh, I, oh, 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 that is insane, oh, wasn't oh. it? Did you guys lose your piss bottles? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's your favorite part about moving? <laughs> uh, Red used his passport to clear immigration like a normal traveler and walked out of the airport. Airtight Customs. There was no security. I put on, I put on a suit out of my bag, so I looked cool, jumped through the window, uh, cool. walked out onto the street, and thumbed a ride into town. Simple as that, he said. Simple well, as that. Well, oh, there's more pages. There are more here. pages. It's interesting. You would think the story. How, I don't know how he's going to get back at the crate. would think the story would end there. It really should. It should. He got away. I know. It doesn't make any sense. There's more pages. There's a lot more pages. There's a lot more. From Perth, he hitchhiked his way across the... To India. And was like, fuck! That's <laughs> uh, that fucking road. The Nullabor? Yeah, the Nullabor. Before meeting a priest who spotted him a train ride to Adelaide. That's very nice. <laughs> Reg had succeeded in making back in time for his daughter's birthday, but he still had a hard time. His daughter's time. birthday. I uh, got you this can of spaghetti. There you go. Yeah. Daddy lost 19 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Better than a thousand. <laughs> Oh, boy. His daughter. Um, <laughs> it's not a good father. He, had, he, had, he still had a hard time convincing his wife that this story was true. <laughs> Back in England, McSorley was desperately worried about his friend because he had put him in a box and sent him off <laughs> around the world in a plane. He had him already think about it. Reg completely forgot to call McSurley and tell him. <laughs> you motherfucker. All you have to do is give the heads up. He forgot to tell him he had made it halfway around the world like he a j- fucking animal. <laughs> he made it. Now McSurley is in a bit of a panic and probably thinking since he hasn't heard from Reg that he's dead. So McSurley told a friend of his who was a journalist in Britain about what they'd done. <laughs> Can I tell you something in confidentiality? I know you're a reporter, but I think you're the man. Listen to this fucking crazy story. You can tell no one. So you remember Spears, the fella that was living with me. Right. Put him in a box. I'm sorry, you did what? Put him in a box. Uh, We just nailed him in and then put him on a plane. Do you mind if I record some of this? (laughs) Uh, So... His journalist friend called it, uh, 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 Adelaide, and from there, the story was picked up by the media all over the world. Reg quickly became a sensation in his home country. But <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. It's close. No. Oh, fuck no. you. It's close. 
It scared the hell out of my mother. Nope. No, 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 it went, it went away. It's like a fairy. If you get caught it, <laughs> off it goes. It's like a fairy penguin. We do like your fairy penguins. Are you upset because they're they called taste, mini penguins? They taste pretty fucking good. Do you know why you were upset by that? Does anyone? Oh. Oh, gotcha. I'm sorry. I didn't All mean right. to get mad at you. Love you guys. Sorry. Uh, oh. Oh, so Reg, you know, became a sensation in Australia. Of course he did. Uh, it scared the hell out of my mother with the whole street blocked with the media. It would go on for weeks. It was pretty wild. People admired his pluck, spirit, and self-control. What a larrikin! <laughs> Soon, job offers began to come in. Because he had a Aus- dancing with the stars. Because Australia. Yeah. Hey, oh, mate. yeah. Yeah. You went across the world in a box. <laughs> the only spaghetti I'll eat is this piss. <laughs> the only spaghetti for a crazy javelin thrower. Red Spears. Get yourself a piss bottle, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Crate chocolate. <laughs> the only chocolate I'll eat when I'm inside of a Crate. moving prison. Um... Uh, soon the job offers came in because who wouldn't want a guy like that working for him? <laughs> Qualifications went around the world in a box. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> doesn't make any sense to anyone who would give him a job. Yeah, yeah. So you like to uh, get out of paying for shit and with almost killing yourself. Would you yeah. like to work for me? Yeah. But businessmen decided that if Reg had the ingenuity to make it through his perilous journey, then he would make a good employee. None, none First of, of all, it's, it, there's going to be legal implications uh, coming. You don't want to, yeah, for sure. There's no way. There's no way. And Australian... You saw what they did about Johnny Depp's puppies. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> Kill them. <laughs> Just going to euthanize them. This dude shipped himself in a crate to Bombay and Singapore in here and then dressed like Bond. He's lucky they didn't find him in Singapore. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, that really would have been fucking crazy. Yep, came the shit out of him. Hello. That's a beer. Hi. Uh, An Australian politician sent him five pounds to reward his Aussie grit and determination. It's called a good on ya. Good on ya. Just a little... Fucking shit him Also, by the way, not really that no, much. No, nothing. Yeah. No, it's like a fucking... He's a politician. Yeah. yeah. It's horseshit yeah, money. It's kind of like a valet, really. Yeah, I mean... gave him five pounds. Yeah. Although Reg was excited. I got a telegram from a renowned Australian politician. I said, a, a gallant effort by a real Aussie. Here's five quid. I'm winning big time. It's great. <laughs> Rich has low standards. Dude, he was throwing a javelin and was not that good at it. I mean, but this is amazing. But now he's like, I got five pounds, I'm winning. I almost died. But when Air India found out, they sent him the bill for the package. That's fucked up right there. But this was not a great PR move because Reg was now a hero in Australia. The Australian population was upset and the airline eventually waived the shipping fee. Wow. Well done. Are there are there really enough Australians going to India for them to be like we will we will boycott you? Apparently. You'll feel our wrath. 
1965, Brian Robson was a teenager traveling in Australia when he became desperately homesick. He wanted to go back to London. No, 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 no. No. We're not talking about some Great Britain shit here, are we? It's just that I just... He, don't tell me we've created copycat craters. He had worked for 10 months as a bus conductor and railway porter on the Victorian Railways in Melbourne and had simply had enough. So he knows what it's like to travel in shitty conditions. Then he read Reg Spears' no, story. No, 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 He decided no. to do the same no, thing, but in the, the opposite direction. No, 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 no. He no. got himself a box. A box or a crate? A box. A box? A box. It was smaller than Reg's had been. Reg's box was already too fucking small. Yeah. And inside he put a large suitcase and two pillows. Oh, he should have put a loaded gun. <laughs> Three of his British friends then nailed the box shut. <laughs> Who the fuck are these people? You're my best friend, mate. Now watch your head while I put these fucking nine-inch nails through your crate. <laughs> and uh, he would wait until he was London, and then he would use a pair of pliers His to get plan, himself out. How, I mean, honestly, you have to have a horrible plan to make Reg's plan look good. Reg's plan looks great right Amazing. now. Amazing. This guy's plan is... T- this guy's gonna... Pillows in a box. That's his plan. And a suitcase. Yes. You travel light. As is great. You bring a suit, obviously. <laughs> if you're gonna... Comp- do the exact same thing he did. As his crate was moved about, he was often forced to stand on his head and he repeatedly passed out. <laughs> Now, I will say, maybe a little bit better in a way, right? His He's flight was redirected. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dave, where to? He spent 92 hours in the box. <laughs> he redirected to fucking Mars? Where the fuck? And... He was in Los Angeles, and a baggage handler spotted the light from his torch and heard him knocking. (laughs) Did he finish the article about Reg, or was he just like a paragraph in and like, ooh, perfect, yeah. (laughs) Do you hear that? Do you hear that coming from inside the... Hello? (laughs) There's a bloody flashlight in there. 96 hours. I've made a bad choice. Oh, fuck. He'd been in the box uh, much longer than the anticipated six hours. (laughs) I I swear to God. I mean, I I would go fucking crazy. Like, you wouldn't find me. I would be like, help. Had the baggage handler not found him, the plane was now headed to fly over the Arctic Circle. Where he surely would have frozen to death. The original plan was to get from Melbourne to Sydney and then a direct flight to London, but the connecting flight was full. He sat upside down on the tarmac for 22 hours (laughs) before he was put on the flight to L.A. where he would be transferred to fly over the Arctic. But unlike Reg, his hold was not heated. He was in horrific pain, had a hard time breathing, and continually passed out. It was pretty scary, he said. The crate was a bit too small. (laughs) 
He's still being polite. <laughs> Overall, it was nice. A bit too small. If I'm being, uh, but my druthers, I'd rather a bigger crate. Mm. Maybe like a bigger one next time. Yeah, yeah, next time. And Les Pillows really overdid it there. I ha- I only had a pint of water and a few biscuits to live on. I had finished the biscuits and had two mouthfuls of water left when they found me. Most of the water had spilled. <laughs> How? I wonder if he must have just had it like a cup instead of like a jar. What? I mean, how? How? How does most of your water fucking spill? It didn't have a top on it. Yeah, but well, I mean, honestly, what the fuck? And not. Uh, I'll be fine. His first, his first five minutes in the crate, he was like, oh, I should have put a top on. Yeah. Yeah, your first five minutes are like, well, I have notes. I mean, I do have a couple notes for myself next time. Uh, Robson was arrested and taken to the prison ward at L.A. County General Hospital. Or as he called it, heaven. (laughs) That's the only person who's ever said that about L.A. County General. A day later, he was in court and spoke to reporters from a wheelchair. His legs and arms were visibly bruised. (laughs) He was... He didn't put fragile on it, so it's just getting fucking tossed around. I mean, that's crating 101. The fragile move. He was flown the rest of the way after being deported from the U.S. It worked! Just before he got on the plane, an airline official ran up to him with his shoes, which he had left in the crate. He apparently was just going back to London in his socks. That is a win. It's still a win in a way. Robson was not hailed as a hero in Australia. A liberal MP in Victoria called him useless. Uh, he's now Reg Spears. He's still fucking Reg. Yeah, Reg got, well, the way Reg did it was he really, like, you know, he carved out a niche for himself. This guy's a copycat. He's garbage. <laughs> uh, the liberal MP wanted him prosecuted. <laughs> but, but Reg is fine. Uh, back in London, Robson said he planned to pay back the cost of the flight. Oh, good. All right. So everything worked out perfectly. Now, things went better for Reg. After the box trip, Reg and his wife, Marion, remained happily married for several years, and he had a second child. Uh Uh-huh. He went back to trying to win a medal, returning to competitive athletics. (laughs) What'd you do over the summer, Reg? Well, it's interesting, actually. Back to javelining. Javelining? Javelining. Is it a thing? Can I say that? I mean, why not? All the shit I say, who cares? Yeah. Javelin and then. Uh, so in the 1966-67 season, he won Nas- the National Javelin Championship with a throw of 73.77 meters. He's better? <laughs> yeah, time in a box does that to you. Really makes you think about your game. Fucking Reg. The next season, Reg recorded his best ever throw of 74.45 meters, but he only finished ner- third nationally. He again won the national championship in 1976-77. Uh, he continued to compete until 8081. Uh, Jesus Christ. It's crazy. It's crazy. By 1980, by 1980, Reg was living in a uh, share beach house, house with his new girlfriend and a few other couples. Okay, so he got divorced. Yeah, things okay. didn't work out there. Oh. Reg and his girlfriend... Uh, you know, relationships today... can be so confining. <laughs> 
being married to you is like being in a fucking box. I'd rather be inside the crate. You don't mean that, Ridge. I do. <laughs> Mm. Uh, so his girlfriend, who is known as Annie, uh, they were struggling for money. <laughs> Why? Now I realize this is weird for a guy who puts himself in a cargo box. Yeah, to has not have a... shift all over the world. Who clearly would be a great employee. Yeah, he's not but, thinking uh, about retirement. You're kidding me. Uh, apparently, he was having troubles. So, uh, as we know about Reg, he's an idea man. Oh uh, boy. And a fucking great idea, man. So no, he's Reg got more cooked ideas? up a plan to no. smuggle hashish from India into Australia. Dude, stop fucking with India. He knows how to box you're shit. You're not bulletproof I'm in India. I'm good at boxing. No, no, I you're can not. put anything in a box. No. I ship it anywhere. <laughs> he's just going to get into drugs? I ship myself across the world. <laughs> I can ship a little bit of hashish. <laughs> Which is right fragile. The plan involved taking advantage of a British Airways flight which flew from Bombay to Auckland, New Zealand via Melbourne. One couple who would fly from Bombay to Melbourne in a, with a boombox... Okay, so here's how it would work. One yeah. couple would fly from Bombay to Melbourne with a boombox full of hash. A boombox full of hash? It's, just, it's the fucking 80s. What you did then Sounds like a rap album So They have a boombox full of hash And it's part of their carry-on luggage And when the plane arrived in Melbourne They would leave the boombox In the overhead compartment For couple number two Who would board the New Zealand leg of the flight This plan is not good And sit in the exact same seats As the first couple And then take the hashish box Couple two would then take the boombox Through security in Auckland Couple two loses in this scenario. With security in those days, obviously not really bothered about flights between Australia and New Zealand. So couple two would then pass the boombox to couple three, who would fly back to Australia and through the lax custom officials who were not bothered about flights from New Zealand. I have a feeling somebody's going to be bothered about something. I don't know why you think that. Because you don't hear about this plan if it worked. And it worked. (laughs) Did he talk to the reporter or something? (laughs) They were off and running. This went on for many months, with the housemates rotating between legs of the journey to avoid suspicion. However... (laughs) I mean, doing it more than once is crazy. One of the girls taking part in the drug relay plan had been doing so behind her boyfriend's back. And he was getting suspicious because of all of her... All the boomboxes. What fucking boomboxes are we going to (laughs) get? I love music. I've gotten into rap. Don't press play! Uh... So she's gone away for different nights, and so he starts to think that she's banging other dudes. He starts to think that she's having an affair with Reg. So uh, he goes and he reads her diary. Unbelievable. How many of you read, how many of you read emails? Hi. <laughs> uh, 
So in there, he discovered notes about flights and seat numbers. And being a great boyfriend, he took it all to the police. Sure. <laughs> cool guy. Yeah. Uh, in 1981, the ring members were charged with importing 40 kilos of hash worth 1.2 million Australian dollars. Jesus Christ. They were all given bail. <laughs> I don't know. It's your country. I don't know what happened. Why? Uh, they were all given bail. I don't know. Reg and Annie, along with uh, one other ring member, decided they would not be going to prison. And if you're not going to prison, you always look to the idea, man. No, Rich. no more. No, 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 no. Yeah, mate. Don't go to Reg anymore. Reg, Reg is back. Mm-mm. So, Reg came up with a plan to get fake passports. His plan what, involved Reg? what? It just sounded like things were starting to go good again. He was starting when? to like, but when he was throwing the javelin again, he was like back. It was like, okay, we did it. We got our celebrity off of the, the crate deal. Now he's a fucking drug deal. He's a, like a drug kingpin now. He's Reg. He's not the Reg I fell in love with. His plan involved applying for passports for people they knew who would never travel. The trio acted as referees for each other, a process which required whole days sitting by the phone waiting for the passport offers to call. Referees? Well, uh, yeah, like... You, it does say referees. Yeah, references. Oh, references. Yeah, okay. it's the old autocorrect thing. That's different. You guys want to wrap it up? No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, we're all good. We're all good. Nope. <laughs> Just was going to work. <laughs> So, so scared. I just, blo- I just, blo- I almost yeah. blocked an audience. Yeah, live yeah. audience. No, you're taking down this podcast. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so they would sit by the phone for three days, waiting for the passport office to call, and then they all got their passports. Of course. So this all makes total sense and is fine. Under the new names of Bruce Pennington and Sonia Priestley. Oh, dude. Oh, that's an A-list couple right there. Bruce Pennington? Yep. Very <laughs> under the radar. Common name. Bruce. <laughs> I'm in love with Bruce Pennington. Reg, Annie, and the other... Uh, you mean men, Bruce. Bruce. Uh, uh, they escaped the country days before their trial. The others, meanwhile, were tried and convicted of smuggling and given sentences between 6 and 14 years. The three fugitives flew to Singapore and then Bombay. Is, are those the only cities... <laughs> like, did he know of nowhere else and then went to two cities and was like, I know where there's two other places. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> I mean... Uh, literally over so, so a place. <laughs> I was just in a... I sat there. I was in a box. You have to see the Taj Mahal from a crate. <laughs> oh. So. What? He doesn't mean it? Wow. Things just got weird up here. Uh, a dad is going to punch his child. Again. <laughs> Uh, so where am I? Okay. Uh, Australia. So they fly, to, they fly to Bombay. They're short of money, though. Them? 
What about all the boomboxes? And they're in a foreign country. So, well, well, so what are they going to fucking well, do Reg now? Well, is an idea man. No, he's not. No, he's not an idea man. He has ideas. Think that he that, has ideas. That's an idea man. No, it's not. An idea man has good ideas. I, I don't know if that's really what you can say. I think it is. He came up As with a fellow idea. idea man. He came up. <laughs> he came up with another guy, another plan, uh, with a guy from America whose name was Kurt Danson. Probably not his name. Kurt Danson. The, yeah. The other member of the ring. Who, it's like a short dance. Uh, the other member of the ring, so the third guy who had left Australia with um, Reg and Annie, quickly backed out and just took off. Where? For some reason, being on the law, uh, on the run from the law in a foreign country made him think Reg's plans were not that well thought out. <laughs> he didn't want to be a Bombay fugitive? I feel like your previous plans weren't that great. Yeah. Uh, so Reg's new plan was to drive to uh, Cochin, a harbor city south of Bombay, where a ship bound for Australia was moored. He and Danson would dive under the boat in the middle of the night. <laughs> and what? <laughs> right fragile on each other? <laughs> and attach... And attach... They're going to attach themselves to a fucking boat? No, hold on. I'm not hold excited. On. Hold on. So they're diving under the boat uh-huh. in the middle of the night, uh-huh. and they're going to attach a metal case full of hash to the underside of the boat. And? It's a great, it's a great plan, mate. It's a great plan. He's an idea. And then the boat goes to another place, and they take it off. And then they have... They have dress. It's not a great plan. It's a really bad plan. And what's crazy is it almost sounds like one of their better plans. So the boat with heroin attached to the bottom would then make its way to Australia where someone would collect the case and Reg would be rolling in money again. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. But... Money means legal issues, right? Here's the problem. Everything? They, They get there in the middle of the night, but they couldn't put the case on the bottom of the boat... Because it was full of water. So they couldn't drag it underwater to put it underneath. Wait, 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 wait. The case, the case, I'm sorry, air. The case is full of air. Oh, they couldn't actually, it wouldn't submerge? So they couldn't. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't get it on. You're Just telling me. two guys you're doing this. Me, ah, fuck. You're telling me in the case of Spears v. Science, Science 1? It's, yeah, it's a science <laughs> issue. Oh, God. Reg was finally failed by something, failed by something that he couldn't take on, and that's science. Yeah. His great enemy. His old, his old nemesis. That great enemy called reality. So he, he and this guy are trying to, for quite some time, put the hash on the bottom of the boat, but they can't get the case down underwater. It's a great plan other than that. Yeah, it's real good. Uh, it turns out air doesn't sink. Reg's plans do. <laughs> they, they could even get it underwater to the bottom of the boat. Then, as they were abandoning uh, their first attempt of the greatest idea ever, yes. Reg and Danson were picked up by a boatload of policemen. Hmm. What for? Well, fortunately, the boatload of policemen, uh, they were all drunk. <laughs> So, 
they thought they were just two tourists who had gotten lost. I, I don't know what's happening. How? I don't. How I do you no, even... I, there's no... As many times as I've read this, right I cannot understand how that situation played out. <laughs> how, uh, were they just two wet guys with a suitcase? <laughs> and the cops are like, hey, guys, you want to ride? Or were they two guys who bobbed up from the water and the cops are like, get in the boat? None of it makes sense. I really wonder what, like, like when the cops are just assuming that, you're like, uh, exactly, yes, we are just a couple of guys. Where's good Indian food around here? Do you guys, I'm, I'm looking for something. We're so drunk. Yeah. We're so drunk. Uh, so they think they're two tourists who got lost. They didn't even ask about the case that they were holding. Of course not, but, why would you? But the manager of the hotel they were staying in thought something was weird. Because <laughs> they came in wet holding a suitcase. Just a couple underwater businessmen. <laughs> That's why you walk in and you're like, cannot believe we closed that deal with the Flander, can you? <laughs> Christ, he drove a high bargain. <laughs> well, anyway, ugh, off to bed, I'm bushed. Two <laughs> keys will be fine, yeah. Uh, so the hotel manager called police. <laughs> We're like, what's up, Marmar? And we've seen him just now. He's just tourists looking at his sights. Uh, you were on the boat. <laughs> uh, so, Kurt Danson is uh, picked up by police. Of course they thought he was an American spy. <laughs> So just nobody it's has just, any idea what's happening. It's fucking insane. For some reason, this freak dancing out more than being called a drug dealer. I get and why. he spilled everything. I'm not a spy. I'm not a spy. I was just putting drugs on a boat. Jesus. So, Danson's talking. Yeah. yeah. He, he told them the truth. They went, the cops went to the hotel and found 12 kilos of hash in Reg's room. That's a lot of. That's a lot of. Yeah, hash. yeah. That's, that's a not. Lot of hash. Yeah, it's not a little bit. No. And that's a lot of air too, uh, which is illegal underwater. It's weird. I can I can put it under things in the hotel room, but not. <laughs> like I can put it under the bed. Same with the bathtub. Look at it. Yeah. Right sink. Yeah, but then when I try to put. Ah oh, shit. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you have twelve kilos of? How do you get 12 kilos of hash into a hotel room? <laughs> Dude, how do you get a human into a crate? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, this dude's getting shit into anything. <laughs> yeah, sip it down, baby. Suck it down. <laughs> Sad dad. Um... Uh, so Reg and Annie, or as they are known, Bruce, Bruce. and Sonia. <laughs> as we have all grown to love them, Bruce and their, Son. As their new passports uh, sure. say, are thrown into separate Bombay prisons. Reg spends six months in prison. Uh-huh. Oh, the space. 
now Reg is a great prisoner. Everyone loves him. He endeared himself to fellow prisoners and guards, and even though he had to wait a long time for his trial and the conditions of the prison were terrible, he organized sporting events. What a cool dude. You guys want to throw? Yeah. Throw a javelin? Yeah, I mean, uh, imagine being the guy who's throwing out javelin as the yard sport. Just throw it, and the guards are like, yeah, you can throw the spear. Uh, yeah, go ahead. It's a nice spear. Go I didn't see anything problematic with that. Yeah, no. fine. It's a nice spear. Uh, so uh, he, he, uh, he also stood up for weak uh, and new inmates and even became famous by winning an arm wrestling match against a massive inmate. So he's a fucking hero. Finally, Reg was released on bail in 1983. Where did he get the money, you ask? <laughs> Where? Well, Annie made it selling hash on the streets. <laughs> what a horrible life. While on bail, Reg and Annie continued to make money by dealing drugs. Stop! I mean, that's what you do when you're in another country <laughs> going to trial for possession of Yeah, you prove them right, right drugs. away. You keep... Hello. Aren't you a tall drink of water? Easy, Dave. Jesus Christ. Reg had a plan. Uh, oh, did he? Oh, yeah, he's an idea man. Yeah, what's his plan? Well, he and Annie used the money they had made selling drugs to flee the jurisdiction. Smart. How are they going to get the fuck out? They went to Goa in the south of India and quickly got into local hash dealing there. Oh, cool. Oh, hi. Oh, wow, Jesus. You uh, are going to get fucked They were now. now living comfortably by the beach for six months. Okay. <laughs> but they were still fugitives in another country. They awoke to find their fake passport photos sprawled across the front page of an Indian newspapers. Turns out the authorities had not given up on Reg and Annie. But Me they either. were no match for the genius Reg. Yeah, Reg's plan. He got new fake passports. Ah, And went to Africa. Oh, better, yeah. Like your chances there better. Now he was a French guy and she's a Kiwi. Oh, His name is Patrick Albert Claude Ledoux. He really fucking went for it. And I mean, she, not that Reg doesn't. And she is a New Zealander called Annette Joyce Chamberlain. Oh, gosh. And they, and they trekked from Kenya to South Africa and Zambia. They were kidnapped. Oh, good. That's where you want to get kidnapped, is Zambia. It's a great place to get kidnapped. Yeah, wait. I was kidnapped there for a week. Oh, it's lovely. So they were kidnapped by an uh, African militia. Perfect. Just classic stuff. Yeah. That happens to everybody on their honeymoon. Uh, but then they were released because they had no money. <laughs> so that really tells you a lot about Africa. Uh, then they met a guy who told them about a great business opportunity in Sri Lanka. Some you other guy's idea? You hear that a lot. Yeah, oh yeah. You gotta go to Sri Lanka. By the end of 1984, Reg and Annie were living in the penthouse suite in Colombo, Sri Lanka. What? Living a great life due to Reg's new business trading heroin between Sri Lanka and Amsterdam. <laughs> There's to Reg. Fucking idea, man. You remember when we were like, this guy was in a box. It sounds like he still is. (laughs) 
They were using the old classic boombox trick. <laughs> oh, that yes. old ditty. It worked so well last time until it didn't work. Yeah. But they were caught because another guy turned him in because of the girlfriend. So he still thinks that idea works. They didn't get caught because of the idea. No. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so um, surprisingly, it didn't Reg work. Reg had an idea. It didn't work. <laughs> surprisingly, it didn't work. And Reg was arrested. Being a gentleman, he bribed the local police chief to get Annie off the hook. She disappeared. You mean she wasn't happy with how her life was going? Reg was not so lucky. He was convicted of attempting to smuggle 1.149 kilos of heroin. It's a lot, right? I've never actually uh, seen a kilo of heroin. Oh, you got to. You got to. It's a big amount. It's a great look. I love looking at a kilo. Uh, Reg spent two years in a Sri Lankan prison system. That's it? Yeah. I mean, what are it's, they? The, it's not one of the, the kill you places. It's one of the... Uh, yeah. Hey! Um, he's lucky, because a lot of these he, countries, oh, they'll fucking... Oh, oh, Reg is lucky. Yeah. <laughs> his, his, the movie oh, that yeah. they make of him is going to be called Lucky Reg. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's lucky. Uh, so there are inhuman conditions. Rats crawled everywhere. Prison guards sold food meant for the prisoners, which is just... It's do fucked they up. they sell them to other people? It's fucked or up. Or do they sell them to the prisoners? It's just like, the big fat any. prisoner eating all the meals. <laughs> so full. Uh, diseases were ramp- rampant and untreated. Oh, cool. But being Reg, he he made the most of the situation. He put on cricket games. Cricket he, games? He taught English to inmates. And he even started a musical ensemble. <laughs> <laughs> who put on performances. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Reg would also act batshit crazy to freak out the guards or to demand special privileges. Well, I think he already did that by forming a musical group. <laughs> It's like the biggest, like, he's out of his fucking tits. <laughs> he would often strut down the corridors completely naked to the delight of his fellow inmates. <laughs> oh, and have I mentioned they still did not know his real name. <laughs> so he's still being French? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's he great. still think he's the French guy. You know what sport is big in my country is Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> Very, um, everyone is playing it. I was up. I like the cricket. I like the AFL. <laughs> we call it footy. You know. <laughs> I love the AFL. You got a wicket. Go, go, Collingwood, right, boys? <laughs> All right, fuck off. I picked a name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what else we love to do is drink a beer. It's huge in my nation. <laughs> oh, all the time, yes. We love a good beer. <laughs> what is Someone making a fucking toast? What's happening, What's happening, happening over here? Is that a phone? Is there an alarm going off? We having, is that yours? Your fucking shit's blowing up. Buddy, buddy, and it's on your knee. I don't know. what. Is, oh, you, got, you pulled up a level. Do you work in construction? That was weird. That's the spirit of Reg. It did. A level just popped up on his phone. Listen, I... I mean, look. He had it on his knee. All right, we're... Shh. 
We're good, now, guys. Now we the feel dad's good. like, shh, you be yeah. quiet. Yeah. Where do you get this from? <laughs> so they still think he was Frenchman Patrick Albert Claude Ledoux. Mm-hmm. And one day, someone from the French consulate, consulate came to visit Patrick Ledoux uh, to uh, see how he was doing. Uh, 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 he is not bon. <laughs> Reg just said random French words. Bon anniversaire, Croissant. Beaucoup. Merde. Où est nos baguettes? You know, our toast. What is uh, I think I said bon anniversaire. Uh, I say croissant, yeah, croissant. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we should talk in Australian accents to have fun. Let's do it. Uh, just for shits and giggles. Uh, oh, that's where you bring that up because he told the visitor from the French consulate that they had to speak English in prison. Uh, it has been what I like to call a nightmare. It's, uh, every day as a mech has talked this horrible English, I've actually even forgotten French. Oh, it's been insane. I bet if you even spoke French to me right now, I would not recognize your language because it's just a torture. Ooh. They will beat me if I don't uh, say it like. I can't believe me. All Hello, I want to do, all I want to do, is talk French to you. But if the I others here, I, I wish I could. Yeah, I can. Let <laughs> uh, My mans are tired. He also tried to escape from prison by hiding in a laundry basket. <laughs> well, I think we're good on that. And he went on a hunger strike over a ma- lack of uh, medical attention. <laughs> That's an interesting way to handle it. He was given the nickname Suda, Sri Lankan for... Dickhead. <laughs> for white man by the fellow prisoners. They went really literal. Yeah, they were like... <laughs> they were like, Let's, yep, he's white. All right. All this and he hadn't even got on trial yet. In 1987, Reg's trial finally took place. The penalty for drug smuggling in Sri Lanka was, and still is, the death penalty. Mm. And that is exactly what Reg Spears was sentenced to on the 2nd of June, 1987. Jesus. Yeah. I think we all feel the same. We don't want to lose our Reg. Oh, shit. Last page. How do you think it's going to go? But Reg had an idea. One thing he knew about Sri Lanka was that the police were horribly corrupt. So he appealed his conviction and represented himself in court. Oh, that is ter- <laughs> fine. <laughs> okay. They sent him to death, and he's like, I got this. Yeah. Have you met my lawyer? Me? No worries, mate. <laughs> no, it's the death penalty. No worries, mate. <laughs> Uh, he got 
he got the court to re-examine the evidence against him. Well, there wasn't a lot. Specifically, he wanted them to examine the boombox. <laughs> but it was full of drugs. Right, but the police are notoriously corrupt. Oh, examine the boombox. He was taking a wild chance on a hunch that the Sri Lankan police, being corrupt, would take the heroin. Would take the heroin. <laughs> and Patrick Ledoux had the drugs weighed in the courtroom, and sure enough, almost a half a kilo of heroin was missing. <laughs> and he was set free. <laughs> You have done it again. (laughs) That's how they do it. Although, at this point, they figured out that he was Reg Spears. Uh. And so they had him extradited back to Australia, where he was tried and convicted of previous drug crimes. (laughs) He spent over three years in in prison in Adelaide, he was visited Adelaide. He was vis- visited by John McSorley. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. I never thought I'd see you again. What have you been up to? Jesus Christ, are you a sight for McSorley eyes? <laughs> Too fucking long. <laughs> Next time, give a fucking call. The fuck? You know what, ne- next time I'll just pay for your ticket. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It seems like it went kind of sideways. Actually, Pretty pear-shaped. Now there's websites where you could kind of bid on this sort of stuff. Yeah. Almost. Have you heard of Orbits? Yeah. It's a whole different world. <laughs> or a courier. Or a courier. Courier's a thing. Yeah. And has been for a while. Probably when you started this. Anyway, retrospect Anywho. is nasty, huh? Yeah, I'm talking a lot. What have you been up to? Uh, so he came with his wife and his sons... Uh, and uh, it was the first time the two had seen each other since June, uh, since 1964. Julie and Marcus McSorley published a book uh-huh. last year <laughs> called Out of the Box. <laughs> that one wrote itself. Yeah. Uh, Out of the Box, the highs and lows of a champion smuggler. And by the way, there's one chapter on the highs. Yeah. Uh, this <laughs> well, no, he did come in second. That yeah. one time. That's uh, okay. the low. Yeah. I think that's the low. When he came in second and third, I don't think anything else has really happened to him that's been bad. No, no, no. He's you're forgetting a, about... A uh, no, you're forgetting about when he he's put He's toured himself. a lot of yeah. places. Yeah. A lot For of, sure. A lot of people don't get to see other countries. You're right. I guess when you're sitting naked in an Indian crate sauna... <laughs> that's a bronze. <laughs> Chris Hall. Uh, so, in 1994 in Bonn, Germany, Annie walked up to the Australian embassy and turned herself in. What? She was extradited to Australia, where she was given only six months in prison due to a psychologist's report that said her crimes were the result of, quote, infatuation bordering on obsession for Reg Spears. Well, I think we all know how she felt. (laughs) In 2011, Reg's second daughter, Jane, now 44 years old, was jailed for six years for the production... And sale of methamphetamines. 
The judge said Jane Spears had turned to meth after being kicked off the methadone program. In 2009, she allowed her boyfriend to turn her home into a meth lab. She's an idea person. <laughs> Lab's a strong word to attach to that. Well, the lab had the potential to produce 1.2 kilograms with a street value of between $200,000 and $600,000. Sounds like a lab. <laughs> In 2012, Reg Spears... And his girlfriend, Caitlin Disney. Caitlin Disney. Because this is a fairy tale. That can't be a real name. Yeah. No, that's her passport name. Both of Largs Bay? No? All right. Were arrested on charges of cultivating and trafficking a commercial quantity of cannabis. Ah. As well as the possession of a revolver. The Beatles in album? In court, in Adam... What? The Beatles album? Yep. That's right. Revolver. Right. Yeah, yeah, the Beatles album. Taxman. It's illegal here. You guys really should hear it. It's really good. Rubber Soul also is not allowed here. I mean... Fuck. Other ones. <laughs> um, at court in Adelaide, they asked to have their bail... They asked to have their bail lowered... So they could travel on a planned holiday. (laughs) No is the answer. (laughs) A planned holiday. Prosecutors opposed, saying there was an increased risk of the two absconding if they were allowed to leave the country. But Spears' lawyers said they should be entitled to their overseas trip because they had already paid for it. I mean, I guess if if Reg buys a plane ticket, there is a lot of value in being like, let him do this. He's really come a long way. The point is, it was booked well in advance, said the the lawyer. So It was was already booked. Your Honor, Honor, he already paid for it. So don't be weird about this, Judge. Magistrate. Alfio Grasso granted their bail (laughs) and they were allowed to go on vacation saying they had not previously failed to attend court. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's all he's done! So they're... So we don't know where they are anymore, right? In January of 2013, they returned to court. Wow. They went on vacation and they came back. How about that? Yeah. How about Reg learning some stuff? And the charges were dismissed for lack of evidence. Wow. So we could, like, potentially go have lunch with him? Reg Spears, 73 years, 73 years old, now lives in Adelaide. We were just, we were just there. <laughs> Should have gone fucking linked up with him. Today all cargo loaded on planes is screened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. National hero. A national a, treasure. You guys should have a Reg Spears day. Yeah. Week. Nobody should have to go to... Like, you should, you should not have to go to school on Reg Spears Day if you are willing to sit in a crate for the day. <laughs> like, it's a holiday if you just sit in the fucking crate. Oh, my yeah. God. 
You guys. You broke the mold with old Reg. <laughs> Fuck. That is yeah. insane. Um, so here, here's what I'd like to say. Uh, stick around for the comedy show. Yeah. And uh, come tomorrow night as well. And come tomorrow night yeah. as well. Uh, we'll be at the Civic tomorrow night. Yeah. And, and we'll, uh, uh, there's no more tickets for the podcast, but the stand-up show will be great. Um, it'll be me and uh, Gareth, Gareth and Bill Cosby. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's Drinks start- on Dave. He's starting over. Uh, and Perth is his first. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be selling some posters right back here. At the table, yeah, uh, and a couple of gentlemen just and we'll take pictures and uh, we'll, you take, know, we'll do pictures. We'll take a picture of it. When we were in uh, Canberra, three guys, you guys uh, yelled and... balls out and took their scrotums out. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's by far not the weirdest picture. By far the weirdest picture we took was when three dudes, or maybe oh, four. no, two, because one kept saying, "I can't get it out. I can't get it out." Sorry, I was I was counting by balls, not humans. <laughs> Um, but they uh, took their balls out and then thought that it was weird that we didn't take uh, our yeah, balls out. Yeah, they were like, out. come on, guys, take your balls out. And we're like, yeah. I, I don't know. I have, yeah. a, so, um, I have a family, and that's actually a crime. Yeah. yeah. And so. they were talking shit about you guys, just so you know. Right. They were talking shit about Perth. Because um, all your cities hate each other. Yep. Uh, but thank you very much for coming out. We very much appreciate it. Yeah, you guys were great. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, thank you. We'll fucking be around. Let's chat. Thank you. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.